Welcome back to another episode of Two Broke Twimbos and Mental Wellness Mondays. And we're here with another accomplished, distinguished guest with a 15-page CV and more certificates than you have biscuits in your cupboard. You know, guys, we're bringing nothing but <laughs> nothing but highly prestigious guests. Uh, and of course, we're joined by our favorite doc, yours and mine, Dr. Nirai. And today we have Soraya Isof, who's a trained industrial psychologist and educator, and she's the founder and director of Kites of Peace. You know, actually, I, I've come across them on social media. Ah, lovely. And a global recreational movement for social change and the co-founder and coordinator of Zimbabwe Cares Network, a network with over 150 community organizations in Zimbabwe. That's a lot of organizations. So like your AGM must be stressful. <laughs> Um, yeah, we, I have a lot of friends, so, um, I have a lot of friends and all my friends are very active in the community. Um, so yeah, our AGMs are very laid back, very friendly, um, Mm. and yeah, mostly done online. So we, Mm. we are okay. So does that mean you have to say all protocol observed 150 times? No, no, we no, we don't, we don't do anything like that. It's a lot, it's a lot, it's a lot less intimidating than you think. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, you know, we can we can only imagine and and, and not even begin to fathom. The levels of, that's why you're here, you know, to, to help upskill us, you know, um, as we were discussing before the show, you, you work with, with the, the youth, the young people, people, people that are, are new and, and doe-eyed and, you know, about to take on the world, like Dan and myself, you know, I mean. Like us, really, that's, that's ultimately the, 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 the point we want to bring out here. Yeah. We are the youth. We are the youthies. Worked with. We are the youthies. Yeah. <laughs> Counsel us, you know, mold us because we are the future. Whitney Houston said so. So we, we, we'd love to talk about that because um, we, we actually have received a few questions um, from parents who are struggling with their kids or, or need help with their kids. And we've, we've also even had um, authors on the show um, as well who write for children's books. And those, those are some of our, 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 our biggest received episodes of Mental Wellness Mondays. So we'd love to delve into that because um, other people who may or may not be the same age or even older than us, have young children now and are now thinking about, you know, raising them. There's, there's the common social media, which is the project Mbappe, which is, you know, you know, they, they, they're trying to raise their kids up so that they too can live off them one day. So I think in short, let, let's start there. If I have a child, how can I make sure this kid is going to pay my pay, pay for my nursing home fees and keep me comfortable <laughs> in retirement? <clears throat> well, um, that actual question there i think you can best um answer yourself um but my my job is to make sure that you have um a well-adjusted child and adjustment is such a funny word in today's society because things are changing all the time so when we say well-adjusted it's a continuous adjustment so even us as adults you know we're continuously adjusting to change um, so the, the big world of, of technology and, and media and social media and, um, you know, all these other challenges that we face in Zimbabwe um, that put strain on, on adults, let alone children. You know, children are living and they're watching us and they're watching all this change happening. So adaptability is key. Um, but, you know, I, I like how you say at the beginning, you know, we, we're still kids. And absolutely, I mean, um, you know, we teach children a growth to have a growth mindset. That's 
basically um, the very, very first thing is we teach is growth mindset and everything mm-hmm. kind of stems from there um, because, you know, your, your, your brain is never, I mean, I know sometimes we think that our brain is now cemented and hardwired, but no matter what age you are, no matter what you think that you've been born with certain capabilities or certain talents, there's always a way to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, basically that's, that's how the, the whole personal development um, uh, a journey starts is from developing growth mindset. And each, um, each session we have builds onto that. Um, you know, you always go back to this growth mindset. Oh, I can't change my ways. I'm, I'm a naturally angry person. I can't change my ways. Um, or I'm a, I'm a naturally unathletic person, so I, I can't change. You know, it's that fixed mindset that we have, even as adults, that develops in our, in our childhood. I'm no good at art. I'm no good at science. I'm no good at maths. Um, so we kind of start from, from changing that fixed mindset into a growth mindset. Mm. Hmm. I, I notice as well in your bio that um, you you seem to be very passionate about social change and making a difference in the world. Perhaps just as a, as a way of us getting to know you a little bit better, what is it that sort of inspired that desire in you to change the world around us? Um, definitely my own children. Um, my own children and yeah, being a mother, I think uh, I think it's every, every parent's uh, wish to to kind of leave a uh, you know we, we want to change the world I think everybody wants to change the world um, and you know the message is start where you are so we know we can't change the whole world um, but if if each of us change the world in our little sphere of in, influence the world changes um, and you make it what you want it to be so that's kind of where it started it started with my own children eight years ago they were little. And that's when I started um, this whole movement through kite flying, um, you know, the, the whole the whole process of kind of find your joy, find your peace through um, simple things like kite flying and, you know, kind of getting back to basics of um, teaching children to be enjoy the outdoors, enjoy what we have, um, be appreciative, be compassionate, learn compassion through um, helping others. So a lot of other projects kind of stemmed from the whole Kites for Peace movement. So we used to have kite flying events and we really promoted the art, the, the recreational activity of kite flying. But besides that, there was um, a lot of art involved, a lot of cultural things involved, music, poetry. Um, and then a large part of it was the Zimbabwe Case Network. So basically bringing all these um, nonprofit organizations, mainly grassroots, um, kind of bringing them to the forefront um, and exposing them and, and saying, hey, we're here. Um, this is the good work that we do. Um, if you want to help us, if you want to make a difference, you don't have to start. You don't have to create, recreate the wheel. We're already in this space. So whether you've got a passion for putting shoes on children's feet or um, helping the elderly or helping animals or um, environmental awareness. Um, there are people already out there that are doing it, but the problem was that nobody knew them. So through networking, 
um, me and my friends, um, this group of friends got really, really big. Um, you know, more and more people said, oh, uh, you know, we want to be part of this network. This is what we do. And then kind of plug that into the community. And the great thing about the events was it was an opportunity for these community organizations to interface with the public um, who had never heard of them. And, you know, we continue that on, on social media. Um, a lot of them don't, some of them are just startups. People just kind of started them at home um, or started them over a coffee group with friends. And they don't have money for a website. They don't have money for big marketing campaigns. And so we use um, social media as a vehicle to kind of expose them and talk about them and uplift them and say great things about them. You know, this is the great work that they're doing. Um, and if you'd like to support, all you have to do is to, as simple as sharing sharing their posts on social media or donating them money or donating them whatever, you know, shoes or, yeah. So that's kind of, that That was kind of the, how Kites for Peace started and, and how it evolved. Um, but children were always at the center of it. It was always about um, exposing our children to to these other things that um, we kind of take for granted and really compassion um, and, and thinking about and helping others um, is such a great character trait and uh, it develops into, into better soft skills when you, you have that, that element of, of compassion, build your character um, you're a much better person to be around. You're a much better co-worker. You're a much better employee. You're a much better employer. Um, you, you develop personal, interpersonal skills through, you know, through volunteerism. Um, so, yeah, everything was always centered around children. How is this going to be affecting our youth? What about the next generation that's coming up? So that's kind of where it, that was the heart of it. And it, it kind of did evolve and take on a life of its own. And yeah, I, I, I let it, I, I let it grow organically. Um, and yeah, due to all the amazing people um, that are in the network and in the whole Kites for Peace movement, it, it really has developed into something quite beautiful. You know what, Soraya, while you've been talking, it's just hit me how small this world is. We've actually crossed paths before. Wow. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh, have, by the way, Dan, Dan has a Dan has a skill of forgetting people's names and faces and then it's a good thing that you didn't remember. Daddy, I would have I would have remembered you. I'm we have history. Now. No, we have history. We have history. <laughs> we brought kites for peace onto radio. And I remember having these conversations. I'm not the yes. one who interviewed you. It was someone else who interviewed you on radio. But yeah. We did cross paths. Uh, this wow. whole time, I'm like, where did I see Kites for Peace? <laughs> I don't have children. That doesn't make sense. And then now, there we go. There we go. You it's see, possible. it's an interpersonal skills. This is, Phil, are you taking notes? Interpersonal skills, <laughs> social change. It's about connecting and networks. Yes. Yeah. Very um, good. Wow. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't remember you. <laughs> In a few years. <laughs> sorry, Danny. 
That's okay. That's I, I, I've been working on my memorability. You know, there's always room for growth. That's okay. Always room for growth. Now she won't. Now she won't forget you. <laughs> I, will, I will. I will never forget a name like no. Danny Dubin. You're definitely not. So. I don't want it anymore. I don't want. It's fine. You can forget me. <laughs> um, what, what what effects have you seen for for those um, parents and children who are part of the Kites for Peace movement? What like positive effects did you see after them? Uh, um, you know, actually being part of the whole. Uh, I don't know what it's not a campaign. It's a movement, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is a movement. Um, I mean, absolutely. The, the the reports back that we get are phenomenal, you know. Um, so, it, you know, it's it's not only about kites. So I use kites is a great, um, kites is really just a vehicle. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a symbol almost. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that you, you can make from nothing. You don't really need money to make a kite. You can make, kite from a plastic bag and an old wall. Um, and I think that also evokes a lot of memories in us, in our generation, like the, the parent generation um, of doing that when we were young and we didn't have gadgets and that sort of thing. Um, but teaching children, you're, you're, you're kind of teaching them how to innovate, you know? Um, so all of that is sparks on um, you know, other things, innovation. Okay, I can make a kite out of a plastic bag. What else can I make? Um, you know, and, and children start seeing things. They start digging through through um, waste paper baskets at home and saying, ooh, this looks like an interesting thing. What can I make with it? Um, and they become very inventive and innovative. Um, and so really it's just to kind of spark that way of thinking and also to encourage them to get outside. So that was always a problem. It was one of my biggest fears as a mother is I don't want my children to be stuck to screens. It's very hard. I know I've, I've got teenage, I've got a teenager and a preteen now, and it's so hard, even though, you know, I push so much for it, even my own children, it's so hard to pull them away from that attraction of, of a computer screen or, you know, gaming and, and that. Um, but at least it gives them the option. We've got something to do. Why don't we go and fly kites today? But it's not only about kites. So, I mean, I totally accept. I don't want everybody to, to force everybody to fly kites. Um, some, some people love skateboarding. So the events was, were really great because at the events, we had all of these things. We had, um, we had acrobats there, and they would actually teach kids how to do things with their body. We had poetry. We had, um, we had outdoor chess. Um, you know, we even had a reading corner and, and things like that. So it's really just to promote your interest in whatever it is you like. The skateboard, skateboarding movement is amazing. Um, also, it's, it's another recreational activity that, um, that almost anybody can do, and kids love it. You know, so we're really all about promoting these alternative other um, recreational activities, things that we're not doing with the pressure of competition necessarily, um, and really just kind of encouraging kids to, to work well together, to communicate, to just to enjoy themselves, to learn how to relax. You know, um, I think as adults, a lot of us don't partake in any recreation at all um you know you do a quick survey of your friends and you ask them what do you do on the weekends and it's normally just 
hang out with friends, maybe just sit around and bry and drink. Um, you know, what do we do? You know, how many people are active? And again, it doesn't have to be physically active, like mountain climbing, but are there other things that we do, you know, um, other activities that we do with other people where we're connecting, we're building connections, where we're networking, where we stimulating our minds or, or whatever it is. So yeah, the, the response has been great. Um, and, and, and parents have seen an improvement, definitely um, see it in my children uh, just before dinner today. Um, my son pulled out uh, a game of drafts, um, which I, I, I looked at it and I said, wow, where did you pull this out from? Um, it was a gift. Um, and yeah, he said, I want to learn how to play this game. So there's always these interesting things um, that they're doing. We don't, you know, we don't turn on the television. Um, and there's these interesting, you know, or they'll pull out a Sudoku, mom, how do we play this game? Um, so it really is about creating that, you know, and from the feedback we've got, it's been, it's been pretty good. I'm happy. I'm happy. So Phil alluded to it earlier that we have several, many of our listeners, children, uh, and many of our listeners aren't actively in Zimbabwe. So possibly is Kites for Peace available outside of Zim in any way or not really? Um, no, absolutely it is. Uh, we've been we've been hosting um, well a couple of um, international uh, projects. Um, schools have been adopting the Kites for Peace program. So just yesterday uh, there was a there was a kite festival in Wales in South Wales um, in a place called Barry. And um, so what they do is they, they take the Kites for Peace model um, and they, they take the Peace Pledge um, and they fly, fly kites. And it's pretty much the same. It's, uh, it's actually called the Friendship Tree Festival where they fly kites. Um, so yeah, they partner with us. Uh, we've, had, um, we've had kite festivals in, in Mexico, um, in Ukraine even. Um, so yeah. We're, we're, we're out there. We're all over. Oh, wow. If it was Barry in Wales, there's, there's probably a G in this spelling, <clears throat> just in case anyone wants to Google it. So, yes, look, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I think the other aspect of, of what you're discussing is what you do to, to help kids, um, yeah. especially as a psychologist. So let's say, let's say young Phil. It's me. I'm young and I'm, and I'm enterprising. Um, and, and, and my mom sees a lot of potential in me, um, and she comes to you, um, how would you help me, um, reach my full potential? Okay. So the program I'm currently running, um, through, uh, Kites for Peace, it's called Touch the Sky. Um, and it's a, it's a six theme it's a six theme program. So, uh, and each theme has 12 topics. So we start off with um, what we call bounce back ability. Um, when it was in development, it was uh, COVID time. And um, I, I really thought that bounce back ability um, was very relevant because, you know, um, we were going through so much change and everything, the world was upside down. Um, and I really think that resilience 
um, was something that not only not only children but also adults needed to um, develop. I know certainly I did. Uh, you know that um, building that resilience, building that emotional resilience. How do I how do I cope with change? How do I um, develop a growth mindset? Is you know it's kind of strengthening strengthening your mind and 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 strengthening your resolve really. Um, so the first theme is is resilience, um, and then we go on to personal development, which really is a lot about um, the just the basics, you know, um, manners, uh, time management, um, presenting yourself, how to present yourself well, um, those kind of things that are very important to children, um, and. I think a lot in educational institutions, we take it for granted um, that children know the correct way to uh, to address someone. And, you know, sometimes we just we just kind of brush it off. Um, and really it's about teaching the value of 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 these of these things. Um, from from the personal development theme, then we go on to um, teamwork and collaboration, working with others. Um, and, um, yeah, that's everything that you can think of, think about working with others and how to communicate with others, how to deal with conflict, um, and then leadership. And, um, and then we go on to the, the very advanced, um, stage of the program is innovation. And a lot of kites, uh, the kite theme comes back in, into innovation is what do I do with these ideas that I have? Um, you know, so basically the first four are the core, um, resilience, personal development, teamwork, and leadership. And then we go into innovation. And the final stage for the older kids is entrepreneurship. So that's basically um, the entirety of the program as it stands now. Um, it's, it, it has been um, implemented. It's going really, really well. Um, the reception has been phenomenal um it's it's been absolutely amazing um and yeah there seems to be there seems to be a lot of value in um in those kind of skills in the soft skills i think people are realizing more and more um i i, I heard a parent saying um to their child the other day um everyone's going to end up with a piece of paper everyone in your generation goes to university everybody ends up with a piece of paper What's going to differentiate you from others, you know? Um, and this is the truth. I mean, even, even now we're facing it. It's, I don't have to think about my child entering the workspace in, um, in five to 10 years time. It's happening now. Already we have so many graduates. We already have people with so many qualifications on paper. And who is the best for the job? Who is the best person to be, um, to be doing what you want to do? You have to set yourself apart, and that is going to be with soft skills. How well you communicate, um, how how well you present yourself, how well you present whoever you're working for, represent them. Um, you know how well you get along with others. These are all the soft skills um, that um, that need to be developed. I think, especially and leadership. You know, I, I think people a lot of people think our oh, leadership is only for people who are in positions, 
but really it isn't. I mean, everyday leadership is, it's, it's a, it's a character trait. You have a leadership trait. It doesn't mean that you have to be because you want to be a manager or you want to be a team leader or you want to be a um, head of a sports team mm-hmm. that you need leadership skills. Um, it's something that everybody should develop. Okay. Um, I think I'll, I'll come back to it, but there, there was something you mentioned that I found interesting when you're talking about the, the phases and the, the modules that you cover. So like when you get to a module like entrepreneurship, um, what would you be doing with the child to, to, to teach that? Okay. So um, again, we, we, we're always going back to the growth mindset. Um, one, one large thing that we, um, okay. So entrepreneurship leads on from the innovation. Um, so innovation is kind of um, how do I, how do I bring my ideas? How do I test my ideas? How do I know my ideas? And can I, can I do something with this idea that I have? Um, so entrepreneurship is really about um, taking your leadership and t- taking your ideas and really making them it. Now you're kind of focusing on your journey. Um, one of the themes that we deal with, um, one of the topics that we deal with a lot in the entrepreneurship is failure because I think a lot of people start on the entrepreneurship journey um, and they get tired or they fail or they snowed under or um, they're eaten in a bigger market or, or whatever it is. Um, and I think discouraged, you know, um, so we deal a lot with motivation and, um, and that sort of thing. And then dealing with the more practical aspects of entrepreneurship. How do I, um, how do I market my idea? How do I network with the people who are going to help me to push push my idea forward? Um, Mm. How do I build relationships um, in my industry? Um, You know, and and you'd be surprised that children actually get this. You know, they actually understand this, the the power of of networking, the power of building um, relationships. So this all is all, they've learned this all previously through the, the, the previous modules. When it comes to entrepreneurship, you're now... Um, you're now amalgamating everything that they've learned before and, and, act, and actually applying it. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. Okay. Do, do, do you guys cover a module on invoicing to account for the increase in the rate? <laughs> I, do, I do kind of touch on that. Um, I do kind of touch on, on financial management and, and that sort of thing. Um, because a, a lot of people think, um, well, in my experience, a lot of adults, the young adults, they're like, I have this idea, but I need so much money to start it. And you're like, ah, oh. you know, you just want to tell them, just start something, start something. You don't worry about getting a, a website just right now. Get a Facebook page, get a, you know, start, start making little scratches on the road on that part. Like just, just start. Um, so yeah, we do. <laughs> We do kind of touch on, on, on finances and that, but I do have people on call um, experts in, in other, in other areas that I would call on. So um, often when we're running this program is there might be a, a, a topic that's um, hot at the moment, like um, reproductive health, um, uh, bullying, 
that sort of thing, that is when I would call professionals in um, where that is the area of expertise. Um, I would call somebody like um, Dr. Nirai to come in and, and give a talk on something um, to present it. Um, so absolutely, collaboration is absolutely key because, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, am an, I am a psychologist, an industrial psychologist. I am a teacher, but I also have, um, I also know where, where we need outside help. So mm. um, absolutely. Oh, um, okay. Fair enough. So I, I've, got a, I've got a scenario for you. Um, so let's say I, I now, this is many years into the future now. Um, I'm now in my mid thirties and I've got a young child and I am paying a substantial amount of money for private school. Um, and in, uh, as part of the, the, the cell, they're like, your child is going to learn um, to be a, a good individual. They're going to be taught life skills. And <clears throat> as far as I'm concerned, that school, what I'm paying in school fees should account for that. Um, yeah. And I'm sure you, you've had these conversations before where a, a parent is like, but I'm already paying so much in school fees. Um, what above and beyond the, what they're learning at school can you provide and how is it different? And more importantly, um, if we're trying to help them is what are some of the dangers of thinking that kids can get everything from school or is it even a danger at all? Oh, it's not a danger. I think absolutely. Um, my kids go to private school and I absolutely expect them to be, um, to be covering everything. Mm -hmm. um, and they do. Um, I'm very happy with uh, where my kids are at. Um, yeah. So again, this is not meant to be a, a, a lot of these, a lot of interest um, in private schools for this program. Um, some of them have programs of their own that they're using um, I have been implementing this in, um, so Kites for Peace is nonprofit. So I've been implementing this in um, uh, low-income school. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's been great. Uh, at the private schools that have, uh, that have um, uh, adopted it, have been, it's been, there's been a great response from it. Um, I teach overseas as well. So I teach schools uh, in the UK. Um, like I said, it's, it seems to be very, it seems to, there seems to be a lot of scope for it overseas, a lot more openness to it overseas. So I, I teach schools in the UK, I teach schools in the US, um, and I teach an English school in China as well. Um, but yeah, I've, I've taught schools in, in Dubai and India as well. So um, I'm hoping that Zimbabwe would, you know, Zimbabwean schools would actually um, be more open introducing this even as a once a week a weekly lesson um but yeah absolutely if you are paying um top fees at a top school um you should absolutely um expect these kind of things to be um to be already being addressed at school and and to be honest with you i think many schools already are already are doing it um it's not really an an extra so to speak um uh the the, the after school uh, programs that um i am running are, are for people who just feel that they need a little bit more mm -hmm. um but you know i i'm 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 with you i'm with you um there's no danger in in wanting that in, no. in, in wanting your schools to to give you the full package ah okay Could we canvas for 
schools to also teach basic decency, professionalism, and driving. <laughs> Specifically driving, if that can also, I know you're, you're handling mm. a lot of curricula. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Especially, especially when you get to an intersection with no working traffic lights. I mean, just the yeah. basic wait for traffic coming it's, from the right. This, that's simple. That, that's that's Basic, it's basic human decency and i can't tell you how happy i am when somebody gives me way you know when those when you have to turn right <laughs> and there's all those cars turning they're car problems it's it's just, I, I just feel like yeah i'm just i don't i don't know i can't see the person <clears> behind the wheel and i'm just like what a great person i mean this person is in the same zimbabwe as me they're probably having a terrible day just like me um, and they were kind enough to actually stop their car for 20 seconds just so that me and a couple of cars after me can turn. So, I mean, it's, it's really great. And yeah, again, you don't have to do something with always with something, um, expecting something in return. Like I said, I, I don't know who's, <laughs> who's behind that window. Um, but yeah, come on, I don't know. Maybe it comes back to you. Could, could, we, could we close off? Um, I mean, not to end the interview. Uh, abruptly but could we as we reach towards the end of this interview close off with a, a sample lesson on life skills for young adults for myself and for you know you know what let's do a role play i, 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 I see how phil left me out in the young adults section like i take offense to that but, but you have got the young you've probably got the youngest spirit out of all of us here that that that, that is true she was doing the shock yet burner boy Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? She tell you, Brenna Boy called her on stage. She tell you. I know. Story one day. I want pictures. There must be pictures out there. I'll find them. I have a lot of friends. So I want spies everywhere. I think I think let's do a bit of a role play. So I've, I, I, I'm I'm Phil and I've got a, a, a 12 year old named Dan. I mean, Dan is as, as much as I love him. Oh, this child gives me stress. I mean, he he's he's a real problem in class, never paying attention. He's a class clown. He's hitting everyone with spitballs, never does his homework, doesn't clean up his room. And I'm fed up. You know, I'm fed up and I'm coming to you. So. <clears throat> Oh, Sorrel. Oh, this kid, bro. Oh, I've, I've, I've had it. I've had it up to here. Um, he's just not doing it. He's just not doing it. We, We've tried everything. You know, he's spoiled. Uh, I've taken him to the best schools. He, he's got a good education. He's always has food on his plate, but he's just not reaching his full potential. And I'm worried. I'm worried about him because soon he could end up like his uncle. And what can I do to stop him? Now, Dan... Please listen to this nice woman as she helps you with her course and saves your life. What happened to my uncle? He, he's just. Yeah, at, he's, we want to know what happened to the uncle. He's at the bottle store right uncle? now. Like he's he's, he's basically he's a, his life is a contest. He's <laughs> to nothing. Okay. <laughs> okay. I think I think Phil, you and I would probably have to have a session first, um, and I'd have to reassure you that there's absolutely nothing wrong with your child. Um, <laughs> Probably acting out. Uh, it's to be expected in um, in the current environment and society that we're in. Um, and I think you would need to be you would need to be told that change doesn't happen overnight. Um, mm -hmm. And and number one, I think kids need to feel that someone's on their side. You know, 
Um, so, I mean, we're not even talking about, about bullying and all the pressures that they feel at school um, where they're feeling that their teachers are already um, coming down on them um, and friends are picking on them and disappointments. You know, um, I think what we can do as parents uh, well, and as teachers is just really, really to be on our kids' side and to understand them. Um, and, and from this approach, um, that's when we can start on, on all of these things and, and, and start teaching children um, that, you know, when you, when you treat a child, when you talk to a child, like they are brilliant, um, like they are, um, they're already successful. They are already brilliant. They have already made you proud. Um, they start behaving that way. But again, it's not an overnight thing. So there's a story about um, uh, a young man in the States many, many years ago who, who was just a very, very poor student, incredibly, incredibly poor. And he, he dropped out of school and his mom told him, no, you have to go back. You have to get your high school diploma. And she kind of forced him to, to sit to write these exams that he didn't even know about. And they called SATs. And he wrote them, he came out and he was like, mom, I'm sorry, I don't think I did very well. Anyway, his results came back and it turns out got one of the highest results in the country. Absolutely brilliant results. Um, and so he was just like, wow, okay, I didn't know I was clever. And his mom was surprised and everyone was surprised that this child had, or this young man had done so well. And he went on to be a great success. And he achieved great things and he, he opened up business and he did his dream thing of whatever he wanted to do. And, you know, it was very popular and, and famous and, and whatever else. And he was well into his career and his life and he got, an, um, he got a, a, a phone call from the SAT board and they said, um, we need to apologize to you because you were one of five students who got the wrong results for your estate all those years ago. Mm. And of course, by this, by this time, it didn't matter what he got for his SATs. But what made him a success is that he believed that he was a success already. So just that belief, just that, that mindset of, oh, all my life I've been told that I'm, I'm stupid. All my life I've been told I'm incapable. I'm incapable of learning and I'm, I'm this and I'm, I'm, headed, I'm headed down the same path as my drunk uncle who's at the bottle store right now. Um, that belief was there and it all changed when he got these results, which turned out to be false, but it didn't matter. Because what that, what that mistake achieved is it created a success mindset. And so he, he, he went with it. He was able to make himself a success just from the success mindset. Mm. So that's really where it starts. And that really is what the program is all about, is a really meeting children at the point where you're saying, I believe in you. Again, growth mindset. You're not there yet. You are not achieving great results yet. But you are capable 
you like you saying you believe your child has potential right you believe your child has potential but then not me do they know do they know that they have potential do they believe that they have potential they don't because their school results is not showing them you're frustrated with them at home their teachers are frustrated with them at school what why should they believe that they've got potential why should they There's no proof. You're not giving them anything. So that's where we need children. And that's what we got to all do. And whether or not people do the program or not, I mean, I think this is something that we can all adopt. You want somebody to improve. Meet them at where you think they could be. Meet them there already. Talk to them already like they're a success. You're almost there. You're just not there yet. And really that. If there's anything that I can leave with you and your listeners today, it's it's really is that. Mm. Okay, I, I I hear you. So Dan, my son, I believe you'll stop wetting the bed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Soraya, for and I I apologize for my co-host Phil. He 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 just you know he doesn't get it sometimes, but I think with this coaching. And with uh, the patient help of Dr. Nirai, we'll be able to help him out. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to sit and speak with us. Dr. Nirai, I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to add with her before we wrap it up. The idea, <clears throat> I think I was thinking about Zimbabwean parents, so I should just say parents in general, always feel that a child should have a regular job, Right. So if you're, you know, and then this whole idea of entrepreneurship is such a new word for many families. So, um, you know, I have a friend who's an entrepreneur, but his parents keep saying, when are you getting a real job? Like, yeah. so how do we get around that? Is your friend have you experienced that, Phil and Dan? Have you experienced that way other people think you are not an entrepreneur and being an entrepreneur is not the way to go? Um, personally in Zimbabwe, I think, uh, most people expect that where you're not an entrepreneur, so you, you're relying on a salary. <laughs> so I think it's a little bit the opposite in Zim. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do understand the question that some people might feel like whatever you're doing is not the traditional, um, path of, you know, corporate work mm. that people may have envisioned for themselves mm. their children or their family yeah mm. that's why you should get a high paying job I'm, like a doctor but, I'm, but <laughs> isn't everybody a hustler though isn't everybody hustling with something on the side yes everybody has, everybody has a side gig right even yeah, these young exactly. adults like, yeah they've, they've got full-time jobs and then they they're selling things on the side um you know and and small things and they they're making mm. a little bit of money for for whatever So mm. I think entrepreneurship is huge in Zimbabwe. I think I think we have a very entrepreneurial um, spirit here. Um, and yeah, traditionally people don't leave them this, the security of a well-paying job to pursue it full time. Mm. But again, it's not it's not something um, that you that you need to let it go. If again, if you've got this idea, if it's a great idea, if it's something the world needs, if it's something that can pay you, 
explore it, go for it. I know people think, oh, when I get, you know, I work a full day. Yeah, you work a full day, but you still got time afterwards. You've still got weekends. Mm. You know, you've got time. We do actually have time. That is true. your interests. Like, mm. like keep working on it. And again, like I said, you don't need a, a lot of money. You don't need, you don't even need a lot of time. Just work on it slowly because entrepreneurship is a long journey. Um, and then sometimes if, if you, if you're, business takes off and you feel like leaving your secure job, you know, maybe if you feel brave enough, you can do it, but there's, there's nothing saying that you can't do both. That is true. That is true. And I'd like to take this opportunity to segue to advertise my new chicken project. Um, <laughs> if you'd love chickens, um, they, they're not mm. dressed, they're not clean. They're just chickens. <laughs> just give me a call. Do you, um, uh, yeah, somebody needs to start a, a a dairy cow project. I'm so tired of chicken. Like we need we need milk. <laughs> milk is bad for you. That, I I drink soy. No, it's, so. it's, it's I'm I'm dead serious. This is a this is a, a, a huge. It's a huge problem. Like you either buy box milk um or you buy fresh milk at twice the price. It's nuts. Um, mm, I think we've yeah. identified a gap in the market, Dan. Gap in the market. What? Like just one one cow per block. One cow per. <laughs> block. That's a, that's like a stinky cow block. Cow that, that's going to be a stinky <laughs> block. Like, like service, like six, like even if it services like six houses. You know, you get your fresh cream, you get your milk. Like this, yeah. Any entrepreneur, anybody looking for something to do, like side hustle, mm. please think about getting just one dairy cow. Exactly. Dairy cow. It doesn't have to be cows as well, you know. It could be any manner of animals that lactate. And <laughs> it's it's all about innovation, thinking outside the box. I'm I'm with you today. <laughs> one donkey, one goat for goat. <laughs> Guys, we're, we're milking squirrels with squirrel milk. <laughs> Wait. <Every day. laughs> Thanks for being here. Uh, <laughs> oh, that was funny. Uh, <laughs> She's regretting space. She's like, I, I really could have <laughs> I, I could have been watching I could have been watching Danny, the news. Danny is Danny's on a mission to make himself unforgettable. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have made yourself indelible mm. from my mind now. It's it's so. what I do. It's what I do. Well done. Thank, thank you. Oh. Mission accomplished. Uh so I think I think Sarah, before you leave, um, if there are any parents listening or just any anyone in general, or even an educator, excuse me, an educator who's trying to uh, get hold of you and, and really loves what you've described on this interview, where can they find you on the social medias? Um yeah, you can find me Sarah Isaf on Facebook. Um I'm on Instagram as Kite Sim. You can find me on LinkedIn. Um, or yeah, you can uh check out my website, um, www.flykitesforpeace.com. Um, yeah. You, you can also you'll find, find her. You'll find my name in I'm the only one. I'm the only I'm 
first of her name, last of her name. You can also find her in the Guardian UK as uh, one of Zimbabwe's 20 most influential women. Uh, so yeah, thank you very much. Once again, thank you, Dr. Nyorai. Uh, as usual, ladies and gentlemen, this has been an episode of Mental Wellness Mondays, a podcast by Two Broke Twimbos, where we focus on how you can improve your mental well-being. And thank you very much to Dr. Nyorai uh, of Wired to Love and Thrive for continuing to introduce us to her friends and old friends who forget each other, like Surya. Uh, Isof here. Please do check out Kites for Peace, as she's mentioned. And uh, we will catch you in the next episode. Thank you very much, everyone. <laughs>